Hey guys, it's Maya and I just wanted to jump on here and promote my takes Instagram really quick because we're doing a lot of fun things. I'm doing more posts, more stories, and I also have to say I've started a new series called The Bottom Shelf and it's video reviews, IGTV video reviews, and I think they're super fun and they're all on the Instagram. So go follow my take on social media and specifically on Instagram at underscore my take. When a collection of amazing authors gets together to write a collection of short story rom-coms all contained in one book, you know it's going to be good and you know I'm going to be here for it. Now, you might be thinking, oh yeah, that's Blackout. I know that book. But no, I thought it was just going to be one and done by this group. I was about to say trio. They're not a trio. There's six of them. But they actually came back and decided to do it again with whiteout this time we were in georgia during a freak massive snowstorm during the holidays we're watching this entire friend group like connect with each other and fall in love and coming back from the holiday from college for the holidays and like living through the holidays like it's just so good it's so good i love this book so much it was so cute definitely cliche but like we love a cliche and I hope these authors keep getting together and writing because these books are just so fun and light and there's joy but like not in a cheesy way like these characters all go through real struggles and there's a lot of really good representation and it's not just oh happy making falling in love it's like confronting things in their lives and things that are scared of and like all of these characters kind of go on essentially a rom-com-esque arc in the span of like 30 pages and I think I really enjoy it it's so much fun it's so good and so I'm so excited to be talking about it and really hope that they do another one books tv music and movies all things that make a big impact on everyone I'm constantly gushing about my latest read to anyone who will listen so I figured I'd turn my rambling into something coherent that people will actually listen to which means no tv out halfway through I'm Maya Ghosh and this is my take So as always with the book, we are going to start with a little bit on the writing. And one thing that I loved in this book more than I did in Blackout, and like, it's hard to just not naturally compare the two because they are written by the same collective of authors and because they are like very similar stories, or at least like very similar setups of the stories. And so one thing I liked better about this one was the character's in Whiteout seemed more connected than the characters in Blackout. In Blackout, it felt very like, oh, this is this person's sibling and this is this person's that. But like, I don't know, I just didn't necessarily feel the connections as strongly as I did with Whiteout. I think it helped that like they were all in the same friend group and they all like had group chats and were texting each other throughout the thing. And like all of their stories were interwoven by one specific thing in the like Stevie and Sola surprise celebration like all of them were somehow a part of that and so I think it helped connect the characters more and I felt more like I was reading like one consistent book throughout the entire thing like it definitely didn't feel as much like a collection of short stories it felt like a book and like I talked about instead of each story being its own separate thing there's like the one story that carries on also, all of the characters are really diverse. I touched on this in the intro, but um, they're all black or all different forms of black because they're all black authors. 
but then also like Stevie is questioning their gender identity and it's not like that's not the point of the story it's the point of the story is not oh I'm Stevie and I'm questioning my gender identity the point of the story is I'm Stevie and I'm this kick-ass scientist and I fucked up with my girlfriend how do I get her back while also questioning my gender identity we have multiple queer couples we have various religious identities we talk about I think Ramadan and fasting and stuff the ride that I think it's Stevie gets into first and she's like oh this is you know kind of discriminatory you only have Christmas and then he flicks through like every major denomination's winter holiday and is very prepared like I loved that little detail there's just like so much good wholesome easy representation too it's not representation in that this is my story about this trait that makes me a minority and not that that's bad it's not those stories are very needed but what's also needed is just folding those identities into broader stories folding in characters who are questioning their gender identity into rom-coms folding in diverse characters into romance novels I think the romance genre has done an amazing job of this like characters are just diverse and that's how it is and it's amazing and so I really like that there was that like easy good fulfilling representation the writing was really good I wish there was more I also wish I knew the authors better because at the end they tell you who wrote what but like in code and I don't know any of these authors enough to try and figure it out so I wish I knew the authors better also blackout was the book that got me started in on Nick Stone's books and now I've read everything that she has released YA. I've read everything Angie Thomas has released. I haven't read a Nicola Yoon book or a Danielle Clayton book or an Ashley Woodfolk book so I need to get in to that or Tiffany. Have I read Tiffany Jackson? I don't know. Basically last time around I picked up one of my new favorite authors. Honestly I love Nick Stone through these books so I need to get into more of the authors that write these books and the writing was amazing I want there to be more I'm very excited about the fact that the Obamas and their production company are adapting Blackout and so of course that means I'm hoping they'll do Whiteout too because I love Whiteout and so I want Whiteout to be adapted too but yeah that is all I have to say on the writing now we're going to jump into the plot For the plot section, we are going to go couple by couple. Obviously, we have to start with Stevie and Sola. They're kind of the whole reason this book exists and is a thing. Stevie is the scientist that thinks love is bullshit, which is such a cliche trope, but also I love it so much and I love those books and I fall for them every single time. And it's so bad because that trope just gets me. But honestly, I am happy for the future of romance and young romance readers if they are going to be swept away by, you know, scientists that think love is bullshit and all of these, like, interesting, amazing characters and not just, like, oh, the brooding bad boy is so hot. Like, Stevie has depth as a character and Sheldon Cooper has depth as a character and these are the people we should be looking at and I think it's better and it's, I love it. Anyways, I hate their relationship with their dad and the emphasis on religion and like I really wish Stevie had a better home situation. Also, I'm going to be using they them pronouns for Stevie because they don't like being identified as a little girl. Like there's a visible reaction when anybody says that to them, but there's never 
kind of a resolution. That's another thing about the representation is if this was a book about Stevie questioning their gender identity, there would be a resolution. There's not a resolution. It's still something she's struggling with, but also here's this snippet of her, their life where they're happy and they're going through life and love the same way that anybody else would. So I'm choosing to use they, them pronouns for Stevie, but I hated their dad and the emphasis on religion and like I wanted to just wrap them up in a blanket and protect them. She is able, even though she's basically under house arrest, to like sneak her phone out of the safe, which like this is what I'm saying about their home life. It is excessive. Like their phone is literally in a safe. A safe. Like come on now, parentals. Like that is over the top. But they realize that Sola needs an explanation by midnight. Sola's put out this ultimatum and it's like, talk to me by midnight or we're done. And Stevie hasn't been seeing these texts because they've been grounded and on house arrest and everything. And so they'd had this plan to do this whole big surprise for Sola for Christmas because Sola is a hopeless romantic. Love Sola. And so they're like, fuck, we need to do this like tonight. We need to like move this timeline up. And so they're going crazy, making all these calls, doing all these things, trying to plan to like make sure the surprise can happen tonight and Stevie and Sola are probably the most developed couple obviously they're the ones that like are bringing everybody together but one thing that we get from their points of view and their chapters that we don't with anybody else's is like the look into their past and their first kiss and their time at boarding did they go to boarding school I think. I can't remember. Basically, we get more looks into their past. We get looks in at Sola's life, too, and how she, like, ropes her younger cousin into helping her dig a grave for her boxes of memories. But, of course, like, Sola's dad shows up and stops her from doing that. So, she's able to, like, have peace and we have hope. And, like, in Sola's point of view, we learn that they are on the rocks because Stevie showed up to their coming out dinner high on painkillers and basically acted like Sheldon Cooper, but worse. And so Sola was like, how the fuck could you do that to me? Like, I thought this was important. And they were in a fight. But then because Stevie had been out and whatever, got under house arrest. So it became this bigger thing because they hadn't been able to communicate. But they are adorable as a couple. I think it is important that we see their past because, like, they are the couple that is on the rocks. And so we, like, really get to see a good look into their past. Like, we see the aquarium date. We see the first kiss. We see the hike. Like, we just, we see a lot of them and I love them. And the entire situation is really, really stressful. And so I was really happy, honestly, when Stevie had a moment to talk to Earn because so much was going on in their life. And like, they finally had somebody that they could let everything out to because they didn't feel like they had that at home. But then everyone is able to make it to the stadium. Sola shows up, makes up with Stevie, dances with them in the stadium and it's just really cute and they have a big old party and I probably should have saved Stevie and Sola to the end because their ending is the end of the book but I didn't do that so anyways that was Stevie and Sola I loved them I don't know that they were my favorite couple because there are some other tropes that like I just fucking fall for but I did love them and I loved their story so the next couple we get introduced to is Kaz and Portia And they are a classic friends to lovers trope from the start. It is very obvious that Kaz has a crush. It was really adorable. I thought they were going to try to like play it down for a little bit and like Kaz was going to be in denial about his feelings, but he 
very quickly was like, yeah, okay, I have a crush. And I was like, thank you. Appreciate the self-awareness. And they are on the way to the mall to get a Lego flower set for Stevie to help with the surprise. And it's this whole thing because traffic is crazy. They managed to eke out a parking spot in the midst of the Christmas madness, which I have attempted to brave the mall at Christmas. And I don't do that anymore. I do my Christmas shopping online. So props to them. But basically in the midst of this, the mall gets shut down and they are stranded. And with a little push from Santa, finally like admit their feelings. And it's really, really cute. And like, it was just, it was fun and cheesy and adorable and simple and sweet. And like, I loved it. Same thing with ER and Van. They land in the airport as the shutdown order descends upon Atlanta, and it really sucks. Airports are weird. Like, I've spent the night in an airport a couple times, and, like, they're just weird little places when, like, at night. Because they can be, like, dead quiet, and then a plane will land, and people will get off, and then there's, like, bustles of people, and then, like, it's dead quiet again. And, like, you would think all these shops should be open because if the airport is open, the shop should be open, but they're not. It's like airports are weird. I can't imagine being stuck sheltering in place in one because like food is so expensive and yada, 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 but they're sheltering in place in an airport and it is kind of weird and awkward because they're like sort of exes. Like they were definitely together and now there's definitely like a weird vibe between them. And so it's like weird at first and ER is like sneaking off and um, she goes and sees her brother-in-law and like, is wandering around the airport, and she's been texting with this guy who she, like, had a fling with, and basically, they realized that they both dated this guy who's also in the airport, and he basically, like, corrals them both into this bookstore, and it's, like, awkward, but he's, like, oh, gotta go, and then ER and Van are able to, like, talk things out and realize that they do love each other and get back together, and so it's really cute. I did kind of call the thing that, like, the guy she was texting was going to be the friend that Van met up with, but, like, it was cute and it was funny, and, like, they did develop it a little more, like, they knew him under different names and in different circumstances and stuff, so, like, it made sense that they wouldn't have ever put together that they dated the same guy until they saw him in person. Like, it was well-developed, I think. That's one thing I can say for every aspect of this book, is I think it's entirely well-developed, and I love well-developed characters, so... Now, we're moving on to Jordan and Omari, who might have maybe been my favorite. Jordan is a girl after my own heart, a character I can very much relate to because she has this obsessive love of planning, which I share. I love a good plan. I love a good bullet journal. Like, yes to all of that. And they are driving home from college and stuck on the highway because of the standstill traffic and of course their history is that they were friends for a really really long time in high school and over the summer of senior year she finally like shot her shot and kissed him and the first thing he said after they kissed was sorry so she took that as like sorry I don't have feelings for you and ran off and even though they ended up going to the same college like have not spoken avoided each other like it's been really weird and so she is, like, super tense, which, like, I would be too. I'd be so, like, oh my god, I can't believe I'm stuck in this situation. I just want to go. I want to go. I want to go. And, like, he messed up her plan. Like, I related to her so hard. And so, they're driving home. They get stuck. Of course, her battery dies, and so she's flipping out, and he's, like, 
able to be the calming presence and step in and be like, okay, we're going to figure this out. We're going to get you a jump. And then he's able to get her out of her head by starting a snowball fight. And like, they're running around the highway like maniacs throwing snowballs at each other. And it's so fucking adorable. And then after they get her car jumped, he finally admits like, he's always had feelings for her and even back in high school claimed to love horror movies because no one else in her friend group did and so he knew if he said he loved horror movies he would get to spend time alone with her watching them and that was just the sweetest fucking thing because I fucking hate horror movies and there's no way I could pretend to like them like I would be scared out of my mind and it was just so sweet and lovely and they just you know, their love story started again and they were going to be together and it was kind of second chancey and it was just, it was so cute. They were, they were definitely my favorite. Definitely. I loved them so much. Oh my God. I would read a whole book about them. That is actually kind of true for a lot of these characters. It's like if the authors wanted to write a whole book about their stories afterwards and they're like true full-length rom-com stories, like I would devour them because they would be great. Now, moving on to Jimmy and Teo, and Jimmy is Jordan's little sister, and she's having some trouble with her band. Basically, she found out that the two other members of her band are dating, and they wrote a love song, and she was like, love songs are stupid, because she wrote a love song or a love poem for Teo, and he never said anything to her about it, and so she was like, what the fuck, you guys? Like, she was hurt and she just didn't respond well. And they were going to have this concert outside of the theater, but because of all the snow and stuff, her other two band members are not coming. So, she's just, like, stuck outside this theater and Teo decides to go on a walk and physically runs into Jimmy and he ends up saving her from being run over by a car because he knocks into her and she like ends up in the street and stuff and Jimmy knows him as Teo but the rest of the world knows him as Lil Kinsey he's this like kind of big rapper he was in the area because he was opening for the act that was at the theater and was going to like perform and stuff and they were like friends in middle school like they were close they shared a love of poetry and this was all before he blew up and then he did. He blew up, he ran away, left to California, and she was like, well, I wrote you this love poem or this love song, and, like, you left, and so she was really jilted by that, but he's like, why don't you come to the theater with me because it's warm and we have food in there, and they end up going on stage, and she gets to see, like, the stage and feel the feeling of, like, performing there and stuff. Like, it's this really iconic theater. She's always dreamt of it, so it's this really cool moment for her, and they kiss on stage, and their story is really adorable because, it's the classic, like, pop star that never gets anybody to be real with them, and she, like, gets to be open and vulnerable about things, so it's just, like, they connect on a really deep level, and I loved it, and I thoroughly enjoyed reading their story. And finally, we have Ava and Mason, and this was probably my favorite chapter in terms of how it was written, because there was the back-and-forth narration between the two of them, breaking the fourth wall. We, like, had chapters that were really short, and then chapters that were pretty long, and they were, like, it felt very fun and conversational and like a different tone from the rest of the book and so I really enjoyed reading that. They were both volunteers at the aquarium which was super cute until they broke up and Mason is the typical burnt out athlete trope like he is really obsessed with marine biology and has this huge passion for it and wants to do that but his dad's like 
you're going to play basketball and nothing's going to take away time from basketball. And even though I am long past my burnout stage and I have been lucky enough to like rework my relationship with golf and feel a lot better about myself with that, anytime I read about athletes, especially high school athletes, because that was when I had my struggles, like feeling burnt out and feeling the pressure, like it's just a little too real. Like it's still three years on from high school, hits a little too close to home. So that was definitely relatable and not necessarily a great way, but I could relate to Mason and they broke up because Mason ended up forgetting their anniversary. They had this really cute thing where they celebrated like two anniversaries that were like very close to each other and he forgot both of them. And so Ava and all of her anxiety spiraling was like, well, he's going off to college next year and da 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 so it's not going to work out. It's better if we just break up now which like not true. But because they're stuck in the aquarium and because they have to get somebody a birthday present or a Christmas present or something, they end up talking and talk it out and work through their problems and kiss among the jellyfish. And then we have the party scene at the stadium and that is where the book ends. So to wrap up this episode, this novel was so fun and sweet and cute and I read it right after Christmas and so even though it was like it was definitely like wintry Christmas vibes but it wasn't like around Christmas or anything like it was definitely set before Christmas but the book didn't really talk about Christmas a ton and so like I was able to read it after Christmas and still have all that like wintry fun enjoyment and I seriously hope it gets adapted. I hope these authors keep writing with each other. I need to dive deeper into the rest of their backlogs because Clearly, I love reading books by them, so why not keep doing it? But I had such an amazing time with this one. It filled me with so much joy. So yeah, I've been Maya Ghosh, and this has been my take on Whiteout by Angie Thomas, Nicola Yoon, Danielle Clayton, Ashley Woodfolk, Tiffany D. Jackson, and Nick Stone. Thanks for listening. So we're kind of a one-woman show here at My Take, so the credits are not going to be very long. This podcast is produced and edited um, by me. I do all of my own social media. The only person I really have to thank is one of my great friends, Paris, who did the music that is in the intro and that you're listening to now. So thank you, Paris, and thank you all for listening. You can reach me at underscore my take on Twitter and Instagram. And please leave a rate or review wherever you listen to this podcast. That helps a ton. So yeah, thanks for listening.